You're listening to DraftKings Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maze, I mean, I kind of feel like the Illuminati brand is strong, but it can get even stronger. We've already talked about football Illuminati. It's just another football Illuminati thing. Football Illuminati, by the way, coming soon. Keep your third eye open for that one. Fishing Illuminati. <laughs> no! <laughs> Fishing Illuminati. Get hooked. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Tell me more. I need to hear about this. Over the weekend, I mean, there is a fishing scandal in Lake Erie that is amazing. The walleye competition where apparently hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars are spent by the competitors to get the biggest fish in Lake Erie. And it spans over like weeks, but basically came down to this big event this past weekend on Saturday, this two person team were found cheating by stuffing their fish with lead weights. Hold on. Wait a second. Isn't it by how big the fish is? Like, don't they measure them? Apparently not. I think that's deep sea fishing. I mean, but yes, normally it's drag it out and they hang it upside down on the dock and you see how impressive the marlin is. Yeah. Well, this is different. They weigh these. This is a little eerier. Nice. I was going to be my exit line. Damn it. I wanted Damn it. To, oh, wow. What an eerie story. <laughs> what a coincidence. Listen to this. This YouTube video, the audio is unbelievable. The organizer of the event apparently knew something was up, but had to play it straight until he cut open the fish and listen to what happened. We got weights and fish. There we oh, go. Hey! Out of here. 
What a voice. <laughs> so here's what happened, apparently. There's been a conspiracy going on for quite a while with these two. And believe it or not, the winners of these fishing tournaments, I mean, Mace, are subject to polygraph tests. They take polygraphs. Oh, NBA, we are missing out. I want lie detector tests in 30 NBA arenas. I want everybody checked, every ref, every player, every coach. I like this. And apparently these two in particular have had a lot of suspicion around them because normally at the end of these tournaments, they donate their fish to local mm. shelters for food. Oh my God. Oh my God. But these two would not do it. They refuse to let their fish be donated with a lot of people speculating that because they freeze their fish or that they're old fish, that they're unfit to be donated to local banks, food banks. And also they have lead weights. <laughs> they're lead weights. It gets better. When the guy pulled out the weights, he also in their bellies, these fish bellies, pulled out mm -hmm. fish fillets. Cannibalism. McDonald's fish fillet? Literally the filleted fish. Oh, got it. Are in the belly of these fish. And you might be asking yourself, well, that's weird. Why would they do that? They're not very heavy. How much weight could a fillet of fish add to the total? Well, a mean maze, they put it in there to cushion the weights so that they wouldn't clank together. Genius. Oh, wow. These guys are good. Really good. You always got to pack your big packages with styrofoam so that there's no damage during the transport process. That just makes sense, Tom. We got weights and fish. Maze, I am told that fishing Illuminati is not enough. Look, people, there's some very, very strange things going on in the world of chess. Many of you are aware of this. We've had a titan of the chess world, Magnus Carlsen, lay some very serious allegations against Hans Niemann, a 19-year-old who defeated him. A kid. In a St. Louis chess competition the point where he left the competition. And then when they faced each other again, he resigned after just one move. Oh, what? Wait, he goes to Twitter to release a statement to the chess world where he believes that cheating in chess is an existential threat to the game. He accuses Neiman of cheating more. He doesn't want to play against people that have cheated repeatedly in the past because he doesn't know what they're capable of doing in the future. And I mean, how did he allegedly pull this off? So I love how we seamlessly transition into chess Illuminati. Chess, fishing, what's next? Poker? Bowling? Magnus Carlsen is alleging that he was receiving some sort of codes via device. Kid was. In the same way that think of the cheating scandal in baseball where you had the Red Sox and Astros both conducting in this kind of espionage code being received via various devices on the one strapped to the chest, one an Apple Watch or whatever. Elon Musk took it a step further and theorized that the kid must have had vibrating anal beads. No. It's the only way to get that type of communication through security, right? I mean, all I'm saying is, Maze, is if you're going to shove something up your ass and be able to decipher Morse code or coded messages with enough time to make a chess move, maybe you deserve to win. Like, yeah. This guy wants it a little bit more than I do. As a fellow code breaker, I am impressed. That is sophistication. That is complex analysis. 
to be able to pull off a move like that, the Queen's Gambut. What's the basketball equivalent of all this? It's got to be magnets. It's got to be magnets. Magnets. Magnets Carlson. My assignment. Uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there, but so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA Illuminati. I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's but all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Illuminati. <laughs> This is Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haberstroh, along with, as always, my Illuminati generals, Amin El Hassan and producer Anthony Mays. I don't know. Are we happy with the name Illuminati? Is there another name we can come up with here to categorize our following, our legion of fans? Not everybody needs to fight in the war. Some of you just need to see the light, and that is why we are expanding it to the Illumination. Oh, nice. Go to worldofsui.com, get your Basketball Illuminati merch, proudly represent the Illumination as we continue to shine light on the important issues. Appreciate all of the support and the tips that you've been giving us at basketballilluminati at gmail.com, our email address, as well as bballilluminati on Twitter, Basketball Illuminati on Instagram. Go follow our socials. We need to continue to get the word out, get the truth out, and maintain our presence in our platform. We cannot get deplatformed. We can't. And your support will help us to continue going on air and getting the message out. We appreciate all of those out there. We got lots to talk about here. We've got the NBA GM survey. Amin Mays, this is everyone's favorite time of the year when the NBA GMs, the results of all their picks and predictions, we're going to dive headfirst into those GM survey results. Because no one knows the NBA better than the GMs, right? Of course not. That's called a tease, folks. But first. You are listening to The Agenda with Tom Haverstroh and Amin El Hassan. The NBA is back. It's back, baby. Preseason. It's return season. Not only are we getting games back, the preseason is here. Some players are out in Japan. We actually have Victor Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson playing this week. Mm-hmm. Man, it's exciting times in the NBA, especially for those who've been away from the sport for a very long time. Some familiar slash unfamiliar faces, Amin Mays, are back. The agenda everyone wants to talk about. Ben Simmons' return, his debut for the Brooklyn Nets, didn't happen at the postseason last year. It happened against the Sixers in Brooklyn. 
Also, we got Kawhi Leonard. We got Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray playing for Denver again. It's like a reunion. It's a family reunion. Oh, man. I'm so happy to see all those guys that were not playing a year ago out there on the floor. I'm really excited to see when the Pelicans play. I want to see Zion, this new, improved Zion Williamson. Mm. He's slimmed down. He's explosive again. Guys, I got to admit, my third eye is all the way shut. I am just so ecstatic and giddy about NBA basketball being back. I am willing to accept any horseshit they shovel me. (laughs) Ben Simmons didn't just play. He played with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That whole thing seems to be settled for now. And people are getting excited about the Nets again because, hey, hypothetically, you got Ben Simmons who does it all defensively, guards everybody. Seems like the kind of player you want next to Kevin Durant. And Kyrie Irving, a guy who just a Swiss army knife can do everything except for take a 30 foot jump, 25 foot jumper, 20 foot jumper. Except for make his free throws, Tom, because he came back and missed his first two free throws after a nice little hiatus. Because what's the one thing you can do when you're injured? Pretty sure it's shoot free throws. I love that every time he missed the shot last night, someone clipped it through it on Twitter. Oh, some things never change. Like the dude could go 19 to 20. That one missed shot is going to find its way on Twitter with a, Oh, some things never change. He looked pretty good. Otherwise, dude, I thought he looked great. I thought he looked awesome. At the same time, I knew that he was exactly the kind of player that they needed and vice versa. This is the type of team he needs to be on somewhere where his scoring is not expected. Somewhere where his scoring can be just gravy, where he can have five points in a game and they'll be just fine. My question is, can Kyrie and Steve Nash and Kevin Durant hold him accountable? Accountable to what? I don't know, showing up to work and giving it his all and speaking to the media. Did you just say that you wonder if Kyrie Irving can hold someone else accountable? Did I hear that correctly? I'm just saying. I don't know. It sounded right. It sounded right (laughs) in the moment. Yeah. You have to give at least as much effort and stick to itiveness as I do. That's right. And Steve Nash already saying, I don't care if he shoots a jumper. I don't. We've been down this road. Who is it? Brett Brown. Brett Brown was the only one who called him out on that, I feel like. Doc Rivers kind of towed the company line of just like, it doesn't matter. He's guarding the best player. He dishes out three pointers at a higher rate than anybody. I don't care if he shoots one jumper. And then that kind of soured by the end of that tenure with the Sixers. But Steve Nash is now saying it doesn't matter and doesn't care about whether he actually shoots a jumper or works on his three-point shot, great. Then in that debut, he's dunking all over everybody. And there was a nice pass from Kyrie. He just seemed like he'd been playing with those guys for a long time. And that is kind of the feel of Ben Simmons is that he stick him into any team and he's going to be able to play at a high level. So yeah, he was minus 10 in 19 minutes, but in preseason, not really much to care about. Kawhi Leonard looked great. He's machine, 16 minutes, 11 points, four rebounds, two assists. Jamal Murray in Denver looked good. Hit a three-pointer in the corner for his first bucket since his knee injury. And Michael Porter Jr., also very Michael Porter Jr. line of 12 points and one assist. Love it. He's back. But I think what we really want to talk about here is, yeah, those guys were gone for 450 days or more, 500 days in some respects. 500 days of summer. Lakers. Oh. Speaking of Erie. Fish. <laughs> I like fish. Something's fishy going on there in Lakerland. I don't know. I'm not going to say that LeBron is sabotaging Russell Westbrook by going 0 for 7 
in his preseason debut. I'm not suggesting that. What I am suggesting is Russell Westbrook's jumper is still broke. Broke as a joke. You hear their mantra going into this season? If you got it, take it or some shit like that. That's what the what? the big three are going with. Yeah, that's their solution. If you got it, take it. To which I ask, isn't that what Russell Westbrook does anyway? He takes it if he doesn't got it. <laughs> His literal motto is why not? It's the same thing. I love this as their, look, this is how we're going to solve this complex issue of not having enough shots or touches or, or guys getting involved in the offense. We're just not going to have an offense. Just go ahead. Do what you want. Take turns. Let Russ be Russ. I mean, no one's ever said it. Let Russ be Russ. That's the Lakers mantra now. And I think what's interesting to me is that bench got blown out by the Sacramento Kings. Yes, it is preseason. But when you look at this roster, they're starting Kendrick Nunn, who has been away from the game like the others for a year. He had five turnovers in like 18 minutes of action. It was a disaster against the Kings in the season opener. They got blown out by 30 points. And, you know, it's preseason. But it's a scary thing. Let's just stop there for a second. You got blown out in a preseason game. Okay, but you got blown out by the Kings. You can't let those guys come in there and just do whatever. That's another level of fear out there, right? The lake is deeper. The depths of the lake. You thought the lake floor was deep, but that is a deep, deep floor. Is losing by 30 to the Kings. Jesus. So did you guys catch what LeBron said after the game? I did not. What did he say? LeBron, with you having a chance to get the all-time scoring record this year, do you have any thoughts on Kareem? And also, if you have a relationship with him? No. No thoughts. And no relationship. Wow. Okay. All right. Third eyes back open again, boys. Yes. It was shut for the first, you know, 20 minutes of this spot or whatever. It was just a little nap. I mean, you're back on your Illumin Army, Illumination. Yes. So we know that barely 10 days ago at Media Day, LeBron was talking about being humbled. We made jokes about him not knowing what humbled means, being able to break this hallowed record and kind of the reverence. And LeBron likes to position himself as a student of the game, a student of the history of the game and all these things. Right. And here we are under 10 days later. That doesn't seem reverential at all towards Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That doesn't seem humbled at all towards Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm not saying he's got to have a relationship. Oh, I love him, and we have these long walks by the beach and discuss. But there's a way to deliver. What would they discuss on the beach? The meaning of life, mm -hmm. history of jazz. Mm -hmm. Kareem's written books about the Harlem Renaissance and stuff like that. Pilates, yoga, spiritual. Oh, absolutely yoga. Well, it was like fighting Bruce Lee in a movie, right? Yeah. Maybe cameo roles in movies during your playing career. All types of things, right? But he didn't say any of that. He didn't have to say any of all that, but there's a way to say, yeah, we don't really have a relationship, but like, obviously I would love to get to know him or anything like that. Instead, we got the very sharp, curt no. And by the way, if you didn't see the video, he's got sunglasses on too. Mm. The added levels of shade. IDGAF going on here. Instantly, I started thinking, okay, what are the different things that could go wrong here or that could have gone wrong? And so one of the things is that Kareem in the last couple of years has become a columnist. He writes op-ed pieces for various publications. And I believe he has his own blog as well. Substack, not a blog. Somewhere underneath the number one sports substack, House of Strauss, is Kareem substack, yes. Again, that is staggering to think of, that more people would pay to read the words of Ethan Strauss 
than those of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who not only one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I asked Ethan if he has a relationship with Kareem. He said no. And just left it at that. What an asshole. Kareem may or may not have been critical of LeBron over the years in terms of some of the stuff away from the game. Yeah, he apparently has been very critical. And LeBron has mentioned that Kareem has been critical taking shots at him. What was it? The big balls dance? Kareem did not think that that was the fitting of a man of his stature. In Indiana, yeah. The kids. Think about the kids. This is a story from April 5th, 2022. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar apologizes to LeBron James. Wasn't my intention to criticize LeBron in any way. All I have to say is this. I was there to give Carmelo Anthony the NBA Social Justice Champion Award. I've been talking to press since high school. That's 60 years of making statements. And I haven't always gotten it right. And Sunday was one of those nights. Abdul-Jabbar said Monday on SiriusXM NBA Radio. The original quote is, Some of the great things he's done, he's standing on both sides of the fence almost, you know? It makes it hard for me to accept that when he's committed himself to a different take on everything. It's hard to figure out where he's standing. You've got to check him out every time. Sounds like he thinks that LeBron's stances are just where the wind blows. It was about LeBron suggesting he was confused by the difference between the cold, the flu, and COVID-19. If you guys remember, LeBron had an Instagram post. He's like, I don't know. So because of those things, LeBron now has enacted incommunicado status for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is going to make it pretty awkward because I'm pretty sure the league is going to fly in Kareem for the game where we expect the record to be broken. There's going to be some sort of quite literal passing of the torch, right? Yes. The trophy or whatever plaque that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has in his house somewhere has to be passed on to LeBron James. And look, there's going to be time for this wound to heal. Mm, Heal. Interesting choice of word. But keep in mind what also Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has said recently. What's that? There's more? He took Kyrie Irving to task. Over the Alex Jones, Instagram post, New World Order, all that stuff that Kyrie Irving had retweeted and promoted on his Instagram. As Mays points out, a series of posts in there was the Alex Jones one. On his Substack, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said Kyrie Irving would be dismissed as a comical buffoon if it weren't for his influence over young people who look up to athletes. Think about the kids. Again, here it comes. Think about the kids, Kyrie. And he wrapped up his essay by blaming Irving for tarnishing, quote, the reputations of all athletes who strive to be seen as more than dumb jocks. Oof. Damn. Kareem woke up on the wrong side of the bed, huh? You know what's funny, guys? I discovered that I have a bunch of friends who literally had no idea who Alex Jones is. I was in a group chat yesterday where I had to explain who Alex Jones is. And you know what happened? A lot of third eyes opened on that text thread. (laughs) A lot of third eyes. At first, I was like, there's no way. Now I'm like, maybe he didn't know. I don't know. Not to excuse it, but I'm just saying, is it possible that Kyrie had absolutely no idea who he was quoting? He just saw a quote-unquote cool quote. I don't know, but the point is here, I mean, is that LeBron James, something happened between the media day where he said it was the most sought-after record in the NBA, and it would be so super cool to pass Kareem, and I'm humbled, all this stuff. And then Monday night's really short response to that question of, hey, you got a relationship with Kareem? You got anything you want to say? Nope, 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 nope. Quick question. Here's another possibility. Is it also the sting of getting your ass whipped by the Sacramento Kings? Could that be a possible explanation? And going 0 for 7, that might do it. Yeah. 
playing like shit against the Kings and having them bust your ass on your home court, indicating not much has changed from the end of last year to the beginning of this one. It's that part of like, man, I don't want to talk about this shit right now. Man, I'm trying to think, what is the Mount Rushmore of accessories to a press conference that make reporters just roll their eyes? Is it sunglasses? Sure. A kid? (laughs) That was in vogue for a minute, and then I think it's gone out of vogue. Still is. How about this one, guys? Damian Lillard had a press conference with a kid who was wearing sunglasses. Oh, oh the king. Final form. <laughs> Incredible. That kid had no answers for the reporters. That's amazing. What else is on that Mount Rushmore? I'm trying to think of like an outfit that you could be wearing where it's very obvious you don't want to be there anymore. LeBron trotting out with his shorts and the briefcase is an all-timer. Is the shorts on the suit. Oh, yeah. After he chastised the media. Asked them to do better, and then he walked out in the most ridiculous outfit ever. <laughs> that was a good time, man. Wasn't he wearing sunglasses in that one, too? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's the final ensemble. It's a suit with shorts, a very expensive bag, and sunglasses. That was a thing. Remember there was a moment where every NBA player was like, I'm going to show up with shorts and a suit on. That's gone away. I'm glad. The next time LeBron shows up to a press conference with sunglasses on, just, just move on. Just save your questions for another day. I've queued up LeBron's full media availability post-game last night. Let me see his mood. After watching it with the full context of the full thing. Third eye open or? Third eye's open. A couple of things. Number one, did not recognize the person who asked the question. And that happens in preseason. You get a bunch of people who aren't usually there. We heard BT and we heard McMenamin and we heard Mike Trudell in there. Some other familiar names. Then I hear an unfamiliar name. So number one, could have been, I don't know who you are. Number two, based on the question, every other question was about the game or about where you guys are in the process. This interloper, if you will, asks a question that is out of the context of anything that happened today. So I'm kind of mixed on this. I think there's definitely some stuff there because, again, he could have softened that answer. No, I don't have a relationship with him, but obviously as a student of the game, I'm familiar with da-da-da, you know, or something like that. He didn't do that. Are you suggesting this man who asked the question is a crisis actor, that he was a plant? Ooh, in order to evoke a certain amount of emotion from LeBron. Your eyelids are flapping. They're so open right now. Mm. Is this an <laughs> SSME? This is a new term for some of you guys. Stage social media event. SSME. I want to introduce it into the Illuminati lexicon and keep it rolling in there because sometimes you get this, guys. You ever seen a video? It's like, oh my God, I can't believe that guy said that to the other guy. And I can't believe this guy just happened to have his camera rolling the whole time. Stage social media event. Do you think that's what happened with Doc Rivers and James Harden? The broadcasted practice where Doc Rivers and James Harden had this long, just very insightful discussion about the offense. Oh. Just wondering if you thought that that was an SSME, is that was a stage social media event. SSME, baby. Hashtag that shit. SSME. I want all you guys to notice it when you see it. And you know it when you see it because it just doesn't make sense. Who is this guy? Who asked this question? What is he about? Why is he here? And why such an out-of-context question for LeBron so that LeBron could deliver a very definitive answer like that? Ask yourselves. Were they wearing devices that would (laughs) tell them what question to ask? Hi, Brent. Anal beads. What does that look like? You doing your own research? Are you doing studies yourself? Are you in the lab on a nightly basis? What are you doing? 
Do your own research. Do your own research. Do your own research. Do your own research. Doing your own research. I'm not a scientist. I'm not here to tell everyone that this is it. For me, it's just um, just giving everyone a chance to do their own research and find their own knowledge. It is that time of year. Got out the pen and paper. Got out the spreadsheets. You know what I like? Is that graph paper, that like grid paper? Do you guys remember that from school? Yeah, I miss that. Why do you like it, Tom? I like it because you can draw lines. You can make connections. You can do your own research. And fellas, this week, I did some of my own research. It's been a while. Taking a little hiatus on research, I guess. Let's call this segment because we've never labeled it before. No, never. Tom did his own research. <laughs> oh, I like it. Rolls right off the tongue. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. On Tuesday morning, we got breaking news. The NBA GM survey from NBA.com was released. It's back. It is time for us to dive into the results. I mean... This is kind of an annual tradition in the NBA calendar is the NBA GM survey. Mm -hmm. John Schumann, our guy over at NBA.com, tabulates all the answers and then presents them in a very, very digestible format, gives the percentage responses and all the results. There's like 50 questions or so every year that the GMs fill out or allegedly fill out. I mean, uh-huh. I'm wondering as someone who's worked for the executive team in an NBA franchise, the Phoenix Suns, when GMs or coaches get these forms that have to be filled out for awards or for the GM surveys, how does that work? Well, it varies from team to team and indeed from person to person, right? For instance, for the all-star ballot, I have to admit, I have to reveal to you guys, pull back that curtain, that coaches don't give a shit about it. They really don't. It's the last thing on their mind. Remember, it's in the middle of the season. We're trying to win games. We're trying to get to the all-star break, trending upward because we want to build some momentum for the second half of the season. And so oftentimes the survey is either not filled by the head coach himself, he delegates it, or if it's not delegated, it's done very quickly. That's why you see a lot of those repeat offenders in the All-Star. It was like, wait a second, how's Dirk an All-Star again? It's because they're like, uh, let me just name some names that I do remember. 
remember, this thing comes as an email. So it is not unheard of for the email to come in and then the email saying, hey, you got to turn these in by now. And then the next email saying, okay, you're late. This is the absolute last notice. This is the day after the deadline. If you don't get it turned in, you will not have any say in this. And that's when usually like, ah, you know, just name names or whatever. Now, the GM survey is different because the GM survey happens before the season starts. So we're at a time where, A, there's not as much happening going on. B, because the nature of a GM's work is very long-term in nature, there's rarely that house-on-fire urgency to get something else done Mm. that a coach has, right? Because there's a game tonight. There's always a game to prep for. Whereas for the GM, you got a little bit more time. So I would submit to you that the GMs are more likely to fill out their own survey but, and it's a big but, they are often prisoners of the moment. Sir Mix-a-Lot over here likes big butts. Cannot lie. Probably. Maybe that's the reason why you see a lot of top decision makers no longer with the title of GM. They don't want to do these surveys. So now you got the president of basketball operations. <laughs> Give that grunt work to the GM now. Yeah, that's why, Tom. That's why. Yeah. It's all about those surveys. Those goddamn surveys. <laughs> so with that said, I'd like to offer some condolences to the Milwaukee Bucks, and here's why. The Milwaukee Bucks were picked as this year's NBA champion by the GMs. Wait, that's great. Why is that bad news, Tom? Shouldn't they be happy that everyone thinks they're going to win it? I offer condolences, I mean, because the GMs have been wrong each of the last four years. Last mm. year, the GMs picked the Nets, and they got swept in the first round. Oof. The year before that, they picked the Lakers, and they lost in the first round, just like the Nets last year. Oh. And the year before that, they picked the Clippers, who didn't make it to the conference finals in the bubble. And the year before that, the GMs picked the Warriors in 2019 against the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to let that slide. Uh, well, the GMs weren't that far off. Yeah, They weren't. But the point is... The GM survey is hardly a crystal ball, and it's more like a content engine. And this is where you need to keep your third eye open is, you know, a lot of times we look at these things as if they are predictors, or maybe they're just part of the media cog, the media wheel of just creating tons of content and fodder for programs like this one, Ah. where we think, okay, Let's chew on this. Well, I'd like to chew on this part, this fatty piece of the GM survey, which is the championship predictor. And this is where I did my research, okay? Okay. Dating back to 2006-07, the NBA GM champion prediction has been wrong more times than they are right. They've been right seven times and wrong nine times. The only time that they have been right appeared to be in many dynasties. Yep. So in 2018, they picked the Warriors. The Warriors won. That's because in 2017, the Warriors won the championship. And they also picked the Warriors that year. And then the GMs were right in 2013 with the Heat and in 2012 with the Heat. They were also right in 2010 when they picked the Lakers because in 2009, the Lakers won the championship. And guess who they picked in 2009? The Lakers. So they were right in those two years with the Warriors, the Heat, and the Lakers. So they're never good at predicting a new champion. They're just good at predicting the same champion over. Which is just inertia, right? Even the repeats in that, when they picked them the first time, it was because they'd gone to the finals the year before. So 2009, they picked the Lakers. That's because the Lakers lost in the finals in 2008. 2012, they picked the Heat. That's because in 2011, the Heat had lost in the finals. <laughs> and then the Warriors repeat 
Well, that's because they'd been calling for 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. I'm guessing they didn't pick the Warriors in 2015, though. No, they didn't. There you go. In 2015, they picked the Spurs. And the Warriors were the sixth place team. And they can't vote for themselves. So this wasn't a case where Bob Myers is filling his own team out. Yes. But I want to raise the other thing is, a lot of these predictions are default. You picked the returning champion. Are you surprised, Maze, that your Bay Area Warriors were not picked as the GM championship team this season? The Milwaukee Bucks were. The Warriors were second. And I'm curious, Maze, do you think this is part of some cabal that don't want to see Steph Curry win another title or the Warriors win another championship? You can call it a cabal. You can call it a bunch of deniers. You can call it whatever you want, Tom. I understand. I mean, you could say that the Warriors were blessed and just coasted to the path of least resistance last year. They had the best team not face them necessarily at every step. The Suns decided to blow that game seven for some reason. They had other teams have injuries. John Morant, the team the GM selected, the Bucks lost Chris Middleton. Things happen. I can understand, but they still put him second. I think that that's still a healthy level of respect. And you'll see throughout the rest of the GM survey that Steph Curry's name appears many, many times. Yeah. The one guy that you have to program against the most, Stephen Curry. My thing also here on the GM survey is some of these responses are great. Like they had Anthony Davis getting a vote for breakout player of the year. Anthony Davis. Dude, I'm telling you. Did they say broken player of the year? Is that what the poll was? Yeah, emphasis on break. Dude's going to turn 30 in March. He's due for a breakout. <laughs> he's long overdue. Who is this Anthony Davis guy? I've never heard of him. I think he's due for a breakout. Tom, there was a year where there was a GM who literally almost every question asked. His answer was Thomas Sadaransky. <laughs> Breakout player was Thomas Sadaransky. Biggest acquisition was Thomas Sadaransky. Best point guard. Biggest loss was Thomas <laughs> Sadaransky. I don't know what it was, but this dude had a Thomas Sadaransky hard on. And then two years later, Thomas Sadaransky wasn't in the NBA. Sunrise, sunset. Eric Spolstra, congratulations. And congratulations on the birth of your third child, by the way. Eric Spolstra also got his third straight best coach in the NBA award from the GMs. He has zero coach of the year awards to his name, but I think he'll take the two rings and the notoriety of being the most respected head coach in the NBA. The other thing is these are not crystal balls. Like five years ago, 2017, the GM survey, which rookie will be the best player in five years? The number one response was Josh Jackson. Nice. For the Phoenix Suns. Number two is Markel Fultz. Nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was not a good year, 2017. So keep your third eye open about these content tent poles in the calendar. I mean, there's another one out there that you have been astounded mm -hmm. that people still fall for the okie doke. Yep. It's called NBA rank. Oh my God. NBA rank. How do they do it every single year? <laughs> and by the way, as I always like to say, fans are fans. You're allowed to be a dumb fan and get angry about things and, and fall for the banana in the tailpipe. That's your right. But when I see players and coaches and executives get all up in arms about NBA rank, either their own NBA rank or teammates or friends or whatever. Do you guys not understand? 
I can tell you. Let's pull back the curtain one more time. They literally invented NBA rank because this was the dead period where we had no news. And they said, we want something that's going to get people engaged. That, I swear to God, I am telling you the words of the man who invented NBA rank. I know who it is. I will not say his name because he's a friend. But he said... Basically, this is the part of the calendar where we don't have anything. There are tumbleweeds flying across Twitter during this time in the NBA calendar. We've got to create something. Something to get the people going and more importantly, something that we reveal over time. Because what we're trying to do is eat up as much of this dead time before training camp and media day opens. That is it. Brilliant. There's no part of it where it's like, no, but who is the best player? No, they don't give a shit. By the way, this is the other thing I'm going to reveal to you guys. This is how it goes. It's not like they sit in a room and say, who thinks LeBron's the best? And everyone raises their hand. No, you get an email survey. Yeah, one year it was basically they asked you this player or this player, who's better? Yes. Jason Tatum or Paul George? They keep doing this over and over and over again. Steph Curry or Damian Lillard? Over and over again. It'll be things like Anthony Simons or Tyler Hero. Jordan Poole or Tyrese Maxey. Sometimes it'll be cross position. Robert Williams or Cameron Payne. Hundreds and hundreds of these things. And you're voting, you're voting, you're voting. And then they figure it out from there. Right. So it's not like a means list. He's got his top 100 and I've got my top 100 and Maze has his top 100. It is a huge empirical study right. based on like either or. You pick this player or that player. There's no part of this where anyone is ranking. There's no one who's sitting there who's saying, okay, yes, I have Kawhi Leonard as my third best player, but then I have Kyrie Irving as my... No, that's not happening. What's happening is hundreds and hundreds of these, him or him, him or him, him or him, and based on that, the algorithm reads who gets the most votes as better than others and that's how it spits out the rank. Transitive property, right? Yes. If this person's better than this person, they must be better than this person, right? It's just a big, giant transitive property algorithm. That at least was how they ran things when we were there at the Worldwide Leader. And then after ESPN put it out, there were a lot of copycats afterwards doing their own NBA rank because you know what? They realized how successful that was at filling the content void, and so other outlets started doing their own ranks and then became their own thing. And then there was the SI one, there was the NBA one. And so now everyone's caught up into this game of doing NBA rank to create some more content in the dead time of the calendar. I just want to keep people aware of how the sausage gets made on some of these things. Not to suggest that John Schumann isn't doing a great job with this because someone's got to do it, get these ballots out there and get them back and tabulate. He does a great job crunching all the numbers. And the other thing thing that sets Schumann aside is this is not the opinions of people covering the game or whatever. These are the opinions of the 30 GMs. Even though I would say take even their opinions with a grain of salt because as we've seen many a time, Tom, it's not just picking champions. It's also picking the player who you would most want to build around. They always tend to pick that guy the year after he wins a championship. Giannis wasn't the answer until the Bucks won the championship. All of a sudden, Giannis is the guy you want to build around. That's not because Giannis took some leap. That's just because these guys are human and they are victims of recency bias as well. Yeah, like I love which player is the most athletic and which player is the fastest with the ball. Ja Morant is now on top of both of those categories. Whereas last year, most athletic was Zion. 
Right. And fastest with the ball was De'Aaron Fox. Did De'Aaron Fox get slower or did John Moran just have a great year? He had a great year. There you go. Some regular eyes were opened is what I think happened there. Seems a little fishy, I would say. We should check for lead and fish fillets inside. Zion? De'Aaron Fox, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is that Zion? (laughs) Not anymore, Tom. Not anymore. were opened last week when a certain viral clip was recirculated on its fifth anniversary guys you see this mm-hmm. you hear about this i heard about it not just any viral clip boys it's the clip that is very near and dear to this show if you've ever listened to the intro and shout out to maze for a fantastic intro and you hear the quote about only using 10 percent of your brain that quote came from this clip that went viral five years ago. Hit it, Maze. You look up, right? You can research the human brain and nah, 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 right? Okay. It says that the like we are only capable of using 10% of our brain, right? Yes. You believe that? No, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. Did you about to say it's true? I'm saying that's what people oh. say, that that is, that so, is the consensus so scientifically. It's the consensus scientifically. So who was the guy that used 11 that made it okay to say everybody just using 10. That isn't the right logic. No, 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 10% of your brain is the one that said 10%. No, because if you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. Like, like, you knew it was 10% of your brain based on your brain. You don't have to be using 11% to know someone else. He's saying, I'm 10%, you're 10%, like, Everyone's 10%. That is that, not that, mathematically that, no, correct. That is not like, like someone had to. But you have to have been using 10, more than 10% of your brain yes. to know that everyone else uses 10? Yes, because if you're only using 10% of something, that means you don't know the rest of the 90. You yeah, don't know the that's rest of the not, 90. Yeah, you're no. right. So <laughs> I'm right. Perfect. No, no, no. You're right so, about the 90 and the 10. Okay, so if... I'm only using 10, right? I'm the first person in the world, right? Say I'm Adam, and I wrote that we can only use 10% of our brains. That means I would have to surpass the number 10. No, okay, let me break this down for you. You can break it down, you're wrong. I'm a a doctor. I am looking at a brain. No, let me finish. A doctor, listen, listen, listen. I get what you're saying. A doctor has to learn something, and everything a doctor learns is man-written. And everything a doctor okay. learned is man-written. So you can sit there and tell me you learned it. And yes, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. But it was a word that somebody else concocted. No, that's to, not what I'm saying. No, no, Your argument was that the person that said 10% used more. And I'm no, saying no, that no, is not no, the truth. You're still hung up on my example. We're still stuck on the N-word. <laughs> and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to bring it all together. Many people did not know that the genius, the visionary behind these words is none other 
Then be easy, Mike Beasley. Yes, sir. Real hoopers know. Real hoopers do know. Shout out to 10-Day Tony. My brother hit me. He's like, I didn't know. I had no idea. The light turned on when he saw the clip. He's like, where do I know that from? It's from the Basketball Illuminati intro. And I would just like to point out here, not everyone has 11% of their brain being used, but Anthony Mace. Yep. 11% of your brain. Way to use that extra percent. Shout out to Taylor Rooks, by the way. Hanging on for dear life. <laughs> she. But oh. that was the thing that made her <laughs> an international superstar. That's how many people discovered oh Taylor Rooks was through that clip right there. A believer in science. She's like, no, that's not how it works. No. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> it's great. I love her, man. <laughs> Shout out to you, Taylor. Also 11% of her brain. Also, it should be pointed out that Michael Beasley is wearing two watches in this clip, and he's got a watch on his ankle, folks. He knows what time it is. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.